Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Kilobyte Podcast. So this is the big episode I've been dying to do, but I've been bogged down with work, so it's taken me a little while to record. I'm now recording on Wednesday. This will be my Apple WWDC follow-up with information that came from the keynote on Monday. So first I get to address follow-up. Let's see, what do we have for follow-up? Any follow-up? Okay, so no follow-up this week. We will now continue on with the show. Last week, you were one of those people who tuned out when I got to the technology stuff. Now is your time to tune out. But if you have an Apple device and you're curious of what's going to happen to it in the fall and you want to know what new things will be available on your device and you're looking into getting a new Apple device and you want to see what it might have in the fall, keep listening. So on Monday, Apple had their Worldwide Developer Conference. They typically will announce new things. They usually introduce a new version of iOS and the latest version of OS X for the Mac, and any other developer-related changes. This allows developers to get an idea of what new things are available coming in the fall so they can start working on applications over the summer, and Apple can deploy these test versions out there to developers, and developers can give them feedback on what doesn't work and what, what works fine. Apple will also tweak some stuff during the summertime as they keep rolling out test versions. To They'll give feedback and they'll change things. For example, when iOS 7 came out, a lot of people complained that the design was way too flat. It was sometimes hard to figure out what was buttons and what weren't buttons. For example, the answer the call button for the phone. It changed dramatically from June when they first showed it off to September when it was actually released. So that was what they did. Uh, they usually live stream this on the internet. I will usually book a conference room at work and my coworker Dan and I will order some Domino's pizza and we sit and we watch this for an hour and a half or however long it takes. Usually we get kicked out towards the end because somebody else has the conference room and I never book it long enough but that is the tradition every event that apple has we get a conference room and we sit and watch it and it's uh, i'm going to go over this in the order that they talked about it in the keynote they broke it out by the different platforms so there are four platforms so there are four sections the first section was watch os i had predicted or hoped that they would have a redesign of the entire operating system on the apple watch and they dramatically changed how you interface with apps and how fast apps are now there used to be a button on the side that you would tap on it and it would show you a circle of your different friends. Clicking on that now will launch a dock, which is a list of your favorite apps, and you can quickly switch between them, and they're updated live, and you can tap on them. This is a big change because previously you had to go to this big honeycomb home screen that showed all the apps on a grid that was pretty hard to navigate, or you could tap on something from a complication on a watch face, and that would launch it. There were also these weird glances that would slide up from the bottom, and they showed you some view of the app, and they had some limited ability to do something. They got rid of the glances and they kind of merged it all into this new dock concept. They also improved the launch speed of apps. The other thing that was kind of interesting was there's now a new breathe app, but it will teach you kind of meditative breathing so you can tap on the app and it will tell you when to inhale and when to exhale and it will kind of track that and store it in the health app. There's also a bunch of new complications from Apple apps. There's a complication available for Find My Friends and Find My Friends is also an app that is now available on the watch, which will be nice because that's an app I use a lot to figure out when my wife gets home, so now I won't have to take my phone out. I can just quickly do that on my watch. There is also a Reminders app. Previously, if you had Reminders, you had to open your phone up, and now you can just glance at your watch and check things off your list of Reminders. Finally, the other thing of interest to me, they've changed a little bit how you respond to messages. Instead of having to tap the reply button when a message comes in, the buttons appear that just let you choose which type of reply, and you can also scribble messages. You can write individual letters and they'll show up as if you were typing them. So that's kind of interesting. It seems like overall they've also tried to reduce the number 
of taps to do things and reduce the number of force presses or force touches. So now on the, the watch faces, you can just swipe over instead of force touching to cause it to pop up. I assume that's to save time and save trouble because they really... So that was watchOS 3, which was really interesting and exciting. The next thing wasn't quite as exciting, but there were a couple new things in tvOS. So that's the operating system that runs on the Apple TV. The first feature they talked about was the new dark mode. This will cause the home screen to not be a bright white. So when you're watching at night and you're sitting in a dark room, you're not blinded when you go back to the home screen. The next thing, which I'm so excited for, is a single sign-on for your cable provider. Currently in tvOS 9, whenever you use an app that is linked to your cable account, you have to go to some website like cbs.com slash activate which will bring up a web page where you enter some weird number and once you enter the weird number you have to log into your cable account and once you log into your cable account it kind of activates everything and everything works this is a pain because you don't just do it once on the app. Sometimes it loses its authentication, so you have to go and do it again. It's really annoying. And so this will be great. You can go one place, say, this is my Comcast account and password, and each app will be able to leverage that and verify who you are. And the final thing that was of any interest to me in tvOS was the new remote app for your phone. So you can actually use your phone as a remote control for playing games or anything else that you would normally use, the Siri remote that comes with the TV. So that was pretty much it on the tvOS. Front. I guess I wasn't really expecting much anyway since it just came out last fall and they added a bunch of new features in the spring. The next thing they spoke about was the OS X platform, which was renamed to macOS to make it fit in with all the other OS names, watchOS, tvOS, iOS now. macOS, they're continuing on with the new California place names. So this is macOS Sierra. One feature I'm really excited that they announced for the macOS auto unlock. If you are wearing an Apple Watch that's linked to your account and you try to use your Mac and you get to the login screen, no more typing passwords when I sit down or anymore. I can just sit down and go. That's really cool. The next big thing from them was Siri for Mac. There's going to be a button in the toolbar and in the dock and also a shortcut key that will launch Siri and you can use all the functionality of Siri that's on your iPhone or your iPad and you can use it in the Mac. So you can ask about the weather and add reminders but it also had some integration with the finder so that if you want to go search for a file you can talk to it and say hey Hey, tell me the files I changed last week that were PDF files. You'll get some results back and then you can further refine that and say, no, only the files that are in my baseball folder. And that will further dial the list down to hopefully find what you want. And you can also pin those to the notification center so that if you do a search, you can kind of save it for the future. That's okay. I don't know if I'm going to talk to the Mac a lot to do those types of things. It's usually just easier for me to type in Spotlight and do a quick search. I would love it if they were tied together so that Spotlight and Siri were one thing. If you hit the button to launch Spotlight, you got Siri and you could type something in from there and, and do the search. They also introduced this new feature that will sync your desktop and your documents folder into iCloud. So there will now be a new folder in iCloud Drive for documents and the desktop. So any files you add to your desktop or your documents folder will automatically be synced to iCloud Drive. This sounds cool, but I don't know how it will work in practice depending on how 
how you use your desktop, I can see that totally getting cluttered with lots of stuff. If you're going to be shifting from one Mac to another Mac, like a work Mac or Macs you use for different things, you might not want the same things on the desktop. You're, they're kind of like, I'm over here, so I want to use this. It's the opposite of the CGP Grey contextual iPad situation where you buy different iPads for different uses. You have one iPad that is only used for one thing and it only has the apps on it that you want. This is kind of the opposite of that, which is you might have a Mac that you do all your movie editing on and you only use it for that work stuff and then you go to your home one and you're like why are all these music files on my on my desktop and it's because of this it'll probably work for me since i only have two macs and i don't use the desktop a lot and it could be handy to have that happen but if you're somebody who uses it to sync lots of files or big files or you use your desktop as a giant storage for all sorts of things as you're working it could be somewhat problematic i think of the hello internet episode where brady and gray they both revealed how many icons they have on their desktop and Brady mentioned that he had over 500 icons on his desktop. I'll link this in the show notes, at least a short YouTube video. I can just imagine his folder that now, any Mac he logs into, he gets those 500 icons just up here. There was a new feature called Tab View, which is available in apps. So formerly, if you opened an app like Numbers or Pages, you would end up with a separate window for each document that you opened. This new Tab View will allow you to toggle a preference, and all of the windows will actually be merged into a single window with tabs. In my day-to-day -day life, I'm a Windows user at work. Going back to the Mac and using command tab to switch between windows doesn't work. It only switches between apps, which makes it hard for me to use keyboard shortcuts and switch between them. But I'm good at switching between tabs. I understand I can do that in Safari. I'm actually really looking forward to this because I find myself usually going to the window menu and finding the window that I want and toggling to it instead of being able to use the keyboard. I love using the keyboard and whenever I have to go grab that mouse, it can be it can be annoying. And another Mac OS feature that they mentioned was the universal clipboard. So basically what this means is if you copy something on your Mac and then you go to your iPad or your iPhone, you can hit paste and the paste will be whatever you copied on your Mac. It's an interesting feature, but I do have my concerns about, well, what if I was using my Mac for doing something and then I went and used my iPad for a little while and I came back to my Mac. The thing on my clipboard is now gone. I don't like that it would, it would kill what's on there. Maybe that won't happen often or if you're doing that, that's weird because how many people go away from their, their computer and then remember what's on the clipboard and come back and paste it. So it may be a non-issue, but it's definitely a cool feature to transfer things between one device and another instead of having to mail it to yourself or message it to yourself or add a new note. So that was about it for macOS. I'm sure there's other stuff, but that's all I had in my notes. And that, I think that's all that really interests me. There's a new Apple file system coming, but that's kind of across all the devices. And that's coming in spring of 2017. Okay, last but not least was the announcement of iOS 10. The first thing they mentioned was the new lock screen behavior. The lock screen used to require you to slide to unlock. It won't require that anymore. You just have to push the home button again. And also the home screen will now have widgets off to the side. So you can swipe to one side and you can see widgets. The notifications that show up are now a little more interactive. You can 3D touch on them and it will pop up a bigger view, kind of like a miniature version of the app that you can use. That'll be interesting. Interesting. It'll be a nice change, I guess. The control center got bigger, got some more stuff in it. They moved all the music controls off to the side. It wasn't obvious right away if they made any changes to the control center buttons. It would be really nice if you 3D touched on the Wi-Fi and it let you choose which Wi-Fi network you wanted to be on. That would be really cool. Or even if you could configure the control center to show 
different widgets. But I suppose since you can swipe to the right and pull up the widgets, that was kind of an interesting thing. They also showed how on the home screen they've expanded the use of 3D touch. So originally when you did a 3D touch on an app icon on the home screen, it would show you a small list of options. In iOS 10, when you do that, you get another miniature version of the app. So you get the, the options like you had in iOS 9, but there's also another more interactive component or widget that shows up on the top. And you can choose to pin that widget to your lock screen so that you can come back and more easily access it. But again, they're pushing the boundaries of what 3D touch will do. And it's interesting to see them kind of iterate and go, okay, well, let's try this. They found that people might not, may or may not have used the 3D touch on the home screen. And now they're moving on to the next, which is like, okay, let's do, how about we make this? We'll give you kind of a preview. Sometimes I think that's silly because it's probably just easier for me to go into the app and do something than it is to kind of see this pseudo app. They've revamped photos a little bit. They've added some new features. Uh, one thing they've done is to make it more like Google photos. So you'll be able to search for things like, as I previously mentioned, you can search for a horse. And what it will do is it will go through your library and show you all the pictures of things that appear to be horses in your pictures or show me pictures of mountains or pictures of the beach. You'll be able to search on different objects. They also added new face recognition. So you'll have albums on your device based on different faces. The Photos app is also getting a new feature called Memories. So Memories will go look at your pictures and figure out pictures that were taken in the same time period or in the same location. It will group them together. It will use some fancy algorithm to kind of figure out which pictures are better than other pictures. And then finally, it will group them together so you could see Main Vacation 2015. It will show you your best pictures from when you went to Maine in 2015 and there'll be a little movie that you can tap on that will include some of the photos and some of the videos. You can choose short, medium, or long depending on how long you want it to be when you share it. I think short appeared to be about 15 seconds. And you can also tweak the music. So you can say this is happy music or sad music. Then you can share it with people. The biggest announcement, the one they seemed to be most excited about was changes to the messages app. Ever since the beginning when it was SMS has mostly just supported text and emoji. In iOS 7, they introduced the ability to you know, record sounds that you could play and send, and you could always also attach photos. But now they've taken all these different features from various chat apps that are out there like WhatsApp and Snapchat, and they've combined all these things, some pieces of each one, and included them in the Messages app. So some things include now emojis when you type them are three times bigger. When you send a message, you can have the person see it in a different way when it comes on the other side. So you could say, make this really big big, like you're trying to say that you're be it's being loud, and what will happen is the bubble will show up on their screen, but it'll be really big, and then it will shrink down to the regular size. And you could also do, you want to be really quiet, which makes it really small, gets bigger. And there's also this feature for adding invisible ink. So what will happen is you type a message, you say send as invisible ink, and when the user gets it, they'll it will just be this kind of grayed out, obfuscated text. And if they run their finger over it, this sand-like stuff that's sitting on top of your words will disappear and they can read the message or see the picture. There's the ability to send full screen background things so you can drop confetti from the top of the screen or you can have it shoot fireworks or lasers. You can do digital touch so you can draw on the screen, you can draw on pictures, you can draw on movies, you can also write handwritten messages. If you put the phone in landscape, you can handwrite a message and then it will shrink the image down and, and send it. The other thing is you can drag stickers onto your message in your chat, you can like 
people's comments. You can tap on the bubble or you long press on the bubble and then you can choose like, I like this or that was funny or that's sad. Kind of like the new Facebook like, haha, sad, angry uh, options. Messages is getting some big changes that will make it better, I guess. It's one of the most used apps probably on the phone next to the camera and Safari and Facebook. It needs to be upgraded, get more people to use it. And the final iOS thing I'm going to mention today is the new Swift Playgrounds app. So this is a new app that's coming out from Apple and it will allow you to learn programming. Apple has a new programming language called Swift and this is a very simple, easy to use app that will teach you how to write code. And it's not teaching you all text, it does games. You can learn how to program using a game. You'll have a little character on the screen and you add commands and make the character do things as you get him to move around his virtual world. You have to make him jump and make him walk and make him turn. In doing so, you learn programming. So you'll learn how to do a for loop, which lets you do things multiple times. I'm really looking forward to playing with that, not only because I think my kids will like it, but also because I am interested in learning something about Swift. So that app will be coming in the fall. The next app, which is the feature people are going to love, is the ability to remove the Apple apps that come with the device. So if you have the Tips app, or you have the Calculator or Stocks app, you'll be able to delete those just like you delete any other app. So no more having to create a folder and tucking these things away into a folder. On macOS and iOS, there's also an Apple Music redesign, so they're trying to make it a little simpler. I didn't really notice too much of a change. I, I guess they've kind of rearranged the order so they're consistent on macOS's iTunes and iOS's music app. It seemed for the most part that they just added some bold text but all the tabs are there. Once I actually use the app, hopefully I'll see that things are different and things are better. I, I'm okay with it. I've kind of figured out how to navigate and depending on what mood I'm in I'll go to a certain tab and go find my way and find what I need to do. That's it for iOS. Overall, I uh, enjoyed the, the conference. It was you know, there, were, there was no hardware announced which was kind of a bummer. Not that I need any hardware but it's always fun to see what new hardware comes out. There were lots of soft Software things. I think it was nice improvement across the board. They added lots of new features. You know, some of these, of course, are features that other operating systems have had, and they're just catching up. But I think that's okay. They're they're taking their time, and they're going to do them right when they do them. Nothing to complain about here. And I am looking forward to getting Sierra and iOS 10 installed, and especially WatchOS 3. I'm tempted to. I'm very tempted to join the developer program so I can get WatchOS 3 sooner. So I hope you stuck around and listened to what I had to say and learned a little bit about what goes on in the world of Apple and what's coming in the fall. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to tweet at me at Keegsands on Twitter. Uh, you can always check out my blog at blog.keegsands.org. Check the show notes. I'm going to have tons of links in there. Thanks for listening and have a great day.